good, everybody? It's time once again for Beneath the Frozen Sea, your Davy Jones a Locker Room dot com podcast. Like a kid who got picked last at kickball, we're just happy to be included. And speaking of guys who got picked last at kickball, it is time to discuss the All-Star Game. I will be real, I thought I was going to completely blow this entire event off. I had just been recommended a very good series on Max that I, uh, definitely acquired legally, I assure you. It's called Scavenger's Reign. I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the experience of watching it. And my thought process whenever it comes to the All-Star Game is why should I care? The players don't care, most of the fans generally don't care, so why should I care? And then Thursday happened, where Seattle's All-Star, Oliver Bjorkstrand, had to sit there on Toronto's home ice for over an hour, waiting for his name to be called, and not only was he the last player picked, they got his effing name wrong. Which is just... Man, if that isn't the Seattle experience. Do all these great things and be such an important part of a team that desperately needs you. Genuinely an all-star, all things considered, on a line that has been one of the rocks of this team. But all their games kick off at 10 Eastern, so... Oh well, guess I just didn't notice. And you know what? It's all good. Oliver Bjorkstrand didn't want to be there anyway. You could see it in the pregame shots before the game. He clearly crumpled up his uniform and stuffed it in a bag, probably grousing the whole time that he wasn't in beautiful San Diego. Though given the weather that they're having, he might have actually dodged a bullet. Then you get his name wrong? Aren't we supposed to be, like, celebrating these players? You know, plaudits for a season well done so far? Oliver isn't even that common of a name anymore. That had to be some kind of rib. Ollivander Bjorkstrand, get the hell out of here. And from then on, I was suckered in by spite to watch the whole thing, to watch Ollie Bjorkstrand be the best player on the ice. I have no defense for this action, it's just a powerful motivator for me. And I'll give it credit, even though Ollie Bjorkstrand was not part of the skills competition, it was actually a pretty fun event. Apparently Connor McDavid had a huge part in developing these drills that are very visually impressive and really gets to show off just what you're good at as a hockey player. He's been very vocal about making the All-Star game matter more for fans and, and frankly, I think he knocked it out of the park. I think fans were very invested. It made for an actually pretty solid broadcast. I was entertained the whole time. Good for you, Connor. You've done correctly one thing. Of course, part of the reason I was so invested halfway through was that almost immediately everyone noticed that Nikita Kucherov of the Lightning was not taking this event seriously at all. He was actively sewering his own chances at a million dollars, and if that was the kind of effort that you're looking at with money on the line, honestly, respect. And I know that sounds crazy, but you gotta understand, my expectation for the All-Star game in general is that these events don't matter to the players, and for the most part, the skills competition, everyone was trying. I was pleasantly surprised by how much everyone was trying. So, when you have one guy who is so very much not trying, it stops being offensive, and it wraps all the way around towards being funny. Like, if it was in past years where it's clear there's more than one player who's not taking this seriously, then I would be a little annoyed by it. But the fact that there's clearly only one guy who got the message that there's stakes to this now and therefore you should try and said, eh, I don't need a million dollars in Tampa, Florida. I'll just save all my energy for the actual All-Star game and kinda half-ass this. 
that's that's funny. That to me is really funny, especially given that he actually tried during the All-Star game itself. And hey, maybe this is a cultural difference. The KHL, where Nikita Kucherov used to play, their All-Star skills competition is nothing but bits. All they do is make jokes. Like, it's fun, but it's because they're joking around. And then Saturday came, and they were going to play the All-Star game. It was a lovely little three-on-three competition. Unfortunately, Oliver Bjorkstrand made his early exit with Team McKinnon. He did score, however, and that's pretty good for a dude who was supposedly not supposed to be there. He was also a tremendous generator of possession, but again, this is the All-Star game and important stuff like that doesn't matter. Whatever, man. He's got a full week to do whatever the hell he wants, and, well, maybe if he can't go to San Diego on account of all of the rain forever is coming down on them, maybe he can swing a week-long trip to Cabo. Whatever he decides to do, I hope he knows that he's earned it. Rest easy, Ollie. Palm trees await for weary heads. But anyway, that's the Kraken news for the week. Everyone else is on vacation, but that doesn't mean that there's news that hasn't dropped, and a lot of really big news has dropped. Some of it good, a lot of it bad. But we're going to start with the good stuff first before we have to talk about that 2018 case again. For those sensitive to such subjects, I am putting it at the very end of the podcast so that you may skip over it and we'll give you an advance warning. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again to consider the Olympic Games. That's right, in a mere two years' time, the Olympic Games are going to be held in Milan, Italy for the Winter Olympiad, and the NHL will be at the Ice Hockey Tournament. Gary Bettman, at his press conference at the All-Star Game, confirmed that the NHL will, in fact, be participating in the next two Olympics. It's going to be the ones in Milan, Italy, and in Nice, France in 2030. This is a gigantic win for the Players Association, who have been fighting for this honor just about as hard as you can. They've been going to the Olympics on and off since 1998, a big part of why they keep having to fight for this is because the NHL is mad that they can't advertise their league while they're out there. And also boring stuff that fans don't care about, like insurance and travel and all that other good stuff. The NHL apparently got the IOC to buy it on all of the stuff that they wanted. But the bigger win, I think, for the players is an admission that was made on the announcement article on NHL.com. It's just a simple sentence breaking up a number of paragraphs. And it's this, best on best international hockey is back. Now on the surface, that doesn't seem like a huge deal. Yes, that's what the Olympics are for. I am happy that that's true. But it's big that the NHL admitted that. In the years that the NHL has been out of the Olympics or trying to dissuade their players from going, they have run through hoops trying to make sure that everyone thinks of the NHL and just the NHL season as the international best on best season in general. And every time someone says, oh, but what about international best on best? They have unimaginably half-assed it. One, le one look no further than the World Cup of Hockey, something that they have run inconsistently. They have ultimately failed to generate any real buzz around it as anything other than a massive gimmick. And it's for a stupid plastic trophy that looks like a vase. One need look no further than the last World Cup of Hockey event to get a good look at just how willing the NHL is to try and make that event try to measure up to the pomp and circumstances of the Winter Olympics. A tournament that has a bunch of under-20s and then a depository team for most of the European players, with a Team USA that's actively trying to drag the sport back into 1973. A tournament that had Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid playing on different teams. 
I was covering the World Cup of Hockey for a different website, and I cannot overstate to you how embarrassing it was. How unwilling everyone was willing to play hard hockey as though anything that they were doing mattered. They'll still try this. They're absolutely still going to try and set up a World Cup of Hockey and have that as something that they do in between Olympics. That's fine, you paid for your stupid plastic vase, you might as well make it interesting. But I'm glad that they know that this is a lesser tournament now. Because even in tournaments that we know Canada is going to win 9 times out of 10, even if we know that Canada is going to be the best team no matter what, penciled in for a gold medal, that matters to these players. There are kids in the NHL that went to the All-Star Game this year that were inspired to pick up a hockey stick, that were inspired to take it seriously because of Sidney Crosby's golden goal in 2010, 14 years ago. There are players who have never had the opportunity to represent their country at the Olympic Games or at high-level IIHF events in their entire professional careers. And it's for that reason that I think the NHL's ghost has been given up. I think the brass of the NHL is at the very least aware that all of the work they have tried to put into trying to make a international tournament has been subpar. And further, I think they are more than a little bit aware that if they really wanted to pull together a real-world cup of hockey, they would have to involve the IIHF, and the IIHF would be able to get them in touch with all of these different hockey federations. And I think all of these different hockey federations would probably tell the NHL to go kick rocks. It's a massive headache to put together an international tournament of anything. And the Olympic Committee, for better or for worse, has plenty of experience doing that and is directly involved with the IIHF. They don't have to worry too much about it. The NHL would have to restart everything that they have done trying to rebuild this honestly kind of dead brand of a tournament through anything that isn't just their talent. And I think they're aware that that's not a reasonable goal anymore. So they're going to do their own thing and then, I don't know, use that as the subsidy to send the players to the Olympics. Of course, this could all be a ploy to get the players to concede on more things during our labor stoppage. So hopefully the first thing is what actually is happening. Very happy for the players, very excited for the Winter Olympics in Milan. I love the Winter Olympics a lot. I think that this is also a great time for those of you who are a fan of international jerseys. So happy for the players. I can't wait to see who gets picked for Milan 2026. And who knows, maybe when they go to France, we'll be sending Matty B and Shane Wright. Man, talk about a house divided. And continuing on with the international news, the NHL is going to forego an all-star game in favor of a four-nation tournament that will be held in Montreal and Boston, Massachusetts. The four nations are naturally rivals. It's going to be the United States and Canada and Finland and Sweden, all major players in the international scene. They are considered the big four of international ice hockey. Kind of a no-brainer, although I think it's also a little funny that after one of the most watchable All-Star games in years, they immediately decided to put it on pause. It's also a little strange that they don't have teams like Slovakia or Czechia taking advantage of this because they are rising nations in the international scene. I think they could be a huge part of making an interesting tournament. Especially given that, like, David Pasternak is the Boston Bruins. If you check how their stats have cleaned out this year, it's mostly Pasternak doing all the work. So, like, it just feels a little strange that you couldn't get two extra teams in there 
See if you can't, like, I don't know, actually try to have a World Cup of hockey over the course of an all-star break. Also, there's the uncomfortable reality of there being a team that will not be participating in either of these tournaments, and that is Russia, due to the uh, ongoing invasion of Ukraine. So, unfortunately, that's probably not going to resolve itself until the Russian political scene changes a bit and the war ends. And even then, I'm not 100% certain that the double IHF will be giving Russia any sort of clemency. It's a weird time to be a Russian athlete, especially if you're trying to either work in the US or have been working in the US. If they decide to try this four-game tournament thing, again, we'll see if Russia manages to squeak in. Anyway, it's way too early to start making suggestions as to who should play, so I just hope everyone in the NHL has a good, strong year. And then we'll see who gets to be on the short list once they start picking names. I hope Team USA makes good decisions. I will never once let them live it down if they don't. Anyway, this wasn't the only All-Star game that happened this week. The AHL's All-Star game began with Riker Evans as a Pacific All-Star. Good for him. Admittedly, I'm not a huge fan of All-Star jerseys to begin with. And I'm certainly not a huge fan of San Jose-themed jerseys. But still, good for him. I hope he and the Pacific end up winning the All-Star Classic out there in NorCal. After all, we might need him after the trade deadline. Speaking of which, after the Kraken relax and recuperate, the evaluation period begins. They have a very up-and-down schedule coming out of the break. They've got a bunch of teams that are either not in a playoff spot or very much are in a playoff spot. There are an upsetting number of Boston and Vancouver games in the upcoming schedule. But that said, that said, it is up to them to prove that everything we've seen so far is just growing pains. They have to prove to us that everything that has happened so far is not just who they are. Because if this is who they are, they're going to have to start selling, and the things they have to sell are going to be kind of painful. I went over it last week, but the gist of it is they have three major choices that they could use as trade targets. At least two of them are fairly important to the offense, so you'd better get something good back in the equation. But, as I said, the evaluation period begins now. It is from here until the end of February. February isn't nearly that long, so it is time for the Kraken to really show us what they are. The first game back is going to be on Saturday on ESPN Plus and Hulu. It is going to be against the Philadelphia Flyers at 4pm PT. Oh goody gumdrops, a streaming game. And if you're feeling bad about the way that the Kraken are playing right now, have a heart for a team that seems to be imploding in spite of, and I'm just checking my notes here, still comfortably in a playoff spot? Yeah, the LA Kings fired their head coach and are trying to ship out several players. All of this in spite of the fact they're winning? Over the break, the Kings decided that they didn't want Todd McClellan to be part of their organization anymore, and they just canned him. The replacement so far is Jim Hiller, the former assistant coach, and he will be taking on DJ Smith, formerly of Ottawa, to see if they can't right this ship in spite of the fact, again, that they are winning hockey games. I mean, granted, they lost their goaltender and kind of went on a little bit of a skid, but that's not enough to get a guy canned, is it? I mean, maybe. It clearly got Todd McClellan fired. Otherwise, they're poking around the periphery, seeing if they can move on from a couple of their younger players, like Arthur Kaliev. Arthur Kaliev is exactly the kind of player that I think Ron Francis should pick up, 
and definitely kind of the guy on the periphery that he could turn into a genuine star. But that said, still evaluation period, but it's nice to know that the Kings are open for business. In spite of the fact that they are probably going to make the playoffs. What are you guys doing again? Anyway, we'll keep an eye on this because this looks like it's going to be quite juicy. Alright. That's about as much news as I have on hand. It's time to talk about the 2018 Hockey Canada investigation. And once again, this is a content warning for sexual assault. If descriptions and discussions of sexual assault are too much for you, you may go on ahead and skip to this timestamp, 2214, at your convenience now. Alright, let's continue on. Today was a promised press conference from the London Police Department that would explain further information regarding the case. What they told us was a lot of stuff that frankly was already known. What is known is that apparently upon reinvestigation of the claims, they found new leads and then decided to follow them and received further information that they didn't have previously in order to create reasonable grounds for a charge against the five players. They were noticeably evasive about specifics, which they are entitled to, it's just a bit strange. He then apologized for the tremendous weight that the plaintiff had to go through in order to receive even a modicum of justice. And then he just kind of went off on a tangent. He went off on this short but pretty jarring rant about how violent video games and violence against women on television and the people that raise them, insinuating that all of these things were the cause of this. Which is just... Uh, I don't even have No, I do have plenty of words. I've got plenty of words. You can see how much time is left on this. I've got words to say about this. Do I think that our media has a way of reflecting itself back on our society and reinforces a number of things that we often take for granted about our society? Sure. Does that mean that oftentimes women get the... Does that often mean that women get the short end of the stick? Absolutely both in gameplay, if we're talking about video games, and also in story, if we are talking about television. This has happened in the past, and it still happens in the future, although now I think we are smart enough to recognize and hold it to a better standard. Does that mean that it is ironclad? Absolutely not. Here's the thing, though. That does not have a goddamn thing to do with anything we are talking about. I straight up could not believe that a chief of police in 2024, knowing that there are people currently digging all the way down into their books, trying to figure out why this happened in the first place, would say something like that when it is abundantly clear that A, trying to cover the ass of a police department who sat on their goddamn hands for five years, and B, this is a pretty open and shut case. It is gruesome, it is disgusting, but it is otherwise Fairly simple. Five men committed sexual assault. That is a crime in every province of Canada and in every single one of these United States, as well as all U.S. territories abroad. It is galling that the chief of police of an embattled police department would ever take the opportunity unprompted to say stuff like this ever, especially given what this is about, especially given the context that Hockey Canada is currently under significant public and sponsor scrutiny over their specific inability to correctly handle sexual assault cases, which in this case, you are specifically responsible for. Or okay, the old chief of police was specifically responsible for. 
like that makes a difference. He'll be up on the stand and so will you. If there's a broader cultural force that is to blame for all this, then I imagine it has something to do with the broad lack of accountability that is A, in Hockey Canada, and B, that is often afforded to junior hockey players in Canada. And again, last time I talked about this, if you're an American, you've probably seen this as youth football, or youth basketball, or youth baseball, that kind of thing. But again, here's the thing. That was on trial back last year. That was the Hockey Canada scandal. We're not putting our larger media consumption habits, our larger issues with women as a society, and the shocking lack of accountability that we ask our young athletes to enjoy with predictable results. We're asking for justice for one woman due to the actions of five men. There were eight originally noted, but five have received charges. And the London police failed that woman. I would be trying to deflect as hard as I could too if I knew that was what was coming for me. I certainly would be trying to bring up larger media consumption habits of boys and men if, for example, I had been asked how can the community still trust their police if they're willing to get wrong so much about such a serious issue. This may not be their eternal chance to make amends, but this is an opportunity to prove that they're not the Keystone Cops. And the Chief of Police of London, Ontario, absolutely failed it. The least we can do now is hope that this evidence gets this woman the justice she desperately deserves. And then, when that is done, maybe then we can talk about violence against women on television and violence against women in video games, because frankly, we are still dealing with the violence against women in meat space. Let's deal with that first, why don't we? After all, there's all this brouhaha because you didn't. You wonder why people don't trust cops anymore, man. This is exactly the kind of stuff that does it. It's just so frustrating. Anyway, all players pleaded not guilty, and they are expected to return to court on the 30th of April. So yes, I expect that we will have to talk about this again. I don't like it, but it is important to know. We will give you new updates as they arrive. Okay, and that does it. It was a bit of a grim ending, but hey... Next week, we will have hockey to talk about, and that way, I will be discussing more things regarding the Kraken than ever before. And hey, if you want a little good news to finish things out, the Pacific Division of the AHL did indeed win the AHL All-Star Classic. They did it in the last few minutes. That sounds awesome. Congratulations to Riker Evans and everyone in the Pacific. If you like this podcast, go on ahead and check out our written content over at DavyJonesLockerRoom.com. And if you like this podcast a lot, why don't you go on ahead and give us a subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with more Kraken Hockey discussion as we move into February fully. As always, thank you for listening. My name is Sky. Keep calm and post Zoidberg when we win. And as always, go Kraken! <laughs>